the inside. She got the scoop on the ones to watch, on the ones that's hot. No one can do it quite like Caroline. Caroline. No one can do it quite like Caroline. It's time for Caroline. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Hyper Caroline Hobby. I am your host, Caroline Hobby. I know music, I know people, and I know the questions you want to ask. So let's get hyper. Heads up, these are adults having adult conversations, so there could be adult content. I am super pumped about this week's episode. I have Eric Pasley joining me. He is one of the most talented artists and songwriters I have ever met in my life. He's written so many number one hits. He wrote Jake Owens, Barefoot Blue Jean Knight. He wrote Eli Young Bands, Even If It Breaks Your Heart, Love and Thefts, Angel's Eyes. He also wrote Rascal Flatts' hit song, Rewind. And he wrote Friday Night, which was recorded for Lady Antebellum. Then he came back and released it as an artist all the way to the top. He also was nominated for Song of the Year with his song, She Don't Love You. Absolutely incredible. He's one of the most inspired songwriters out there. This interview is so good. It will motivate you to follow your heart and your higher force. I promise you. Y'all welcome Eric Pasley. Hey, Eric Pasley. What's going on? What you doing? Hanging out in Nashville. In your back house. I, yeah, we're in the uh, the little studio house back here. So it's like a writing room slash studio? Kitchen, studio, hang. It looks old, but it's new. I know. Y'all did some new, reno- like some renovating. And you're a renovator yourself. I love it. Yeah. That's a secret little side that I learned about Eric Pasley is you're like handyman galore. I like building stuff. <laughs> um, I don't mind it. I, uh, I built a, a, a gift for... Paisley right underneath us in the garage. Brad and, uh, Paisley? Brad Paisley and I, uh, my distant cousin. Brad Paisley and, uh, and Pasley. Yeah, Pasley. Pasley. No, Pasley, Pasley. It's all good. Okay, okay. Paisley, Pasley, that's kind of like, yeah, it's close. What did you build for Paisley? Um, I built him the front end of a 59 Corvette out of wood. It just sounds because, ridiculous. Just for being him? It's not like Owen Wilson, like, yeah, I made it a pure, a pure piece of wood like Jesus, you know. But, um... <laughs> Uh, f- he loves those Corvettes, and I always build a gift for people when I go on tour with them. Just built one for Toby Keith, had like a Ford tailgate. Did like red, I, I used the red paint that I used on Paisley's Corvette on Toby's uh, gift, red on a tailgate, and it was a Ford. I went to a junkyard, got an old Ford tailgate, red, white, and blue colors on it. How special is it's that? Fun. I always put lights in it. So right now, they're all, I, I do always use battery type power just because there's so many cool options. And, you know, you can hang it wherever, set it wherever, don't have to plug it in. Where did you, when did you discover and how did you discover this talent? I don't and know. And what do you call it? Woodworking? Building? Just tinkering. I don't know. <laughs> Being creative. Like Natalie, your wife. There are no me. rules. Don't stick creativity in a box when it comes to that. You got to get it out. Um, Natalie says you go on the road, you go find like the, like the stores with all the stuff. And I'm yeah, like, antique stores. Store. <laughs> Usually antique stores. <laughs> They have junk people don't know what to do with, and I'll figure out something to do with it. So some of the stuff in your house like that you've found antiquing? Yeah. There's probably a few things in here. Like, what about that cabinet? It's made out of logs and roots. Yeah, ropes. all the old uh, barnwood. That's definitely... Did you make that? an antique store. I helped make it. Okay, nice. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start off with a little rapid I fire. didn't actually level that. It's sort of curved. Hey, but it, it needs... It's good, um, though. It has character. It looks awesome. It, l- it does look awesome. Okay, I'm going to start off with a little... First off, like, complete the sentence. So I'm going to say a word, and you say a word, and we're going to make a sentence. All right. Okay, you start. Spider monkey. Happy. Gilmore. Davis. County. Crows. Nest. Hi. There. (laughs) I always mess up on this. It's entertaining. (laughs) Okay, let's do it again. I haven't done this before. Okay, I'll do one. Okay. Spider monkey? I don't. I just always. It's kind of the random thing. I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> it was uh, Talladega Nights. Okay, cheese. Curds. Hazies. That sounds like a really bad disease. <laughs> Sorry. Hazies. Hazies. Okay. okay, that was. Hazies gave me a ride home. Okay, I messed up. I'm not gonna do bad. Okay, kindergarten. Teachers. Hot. Mamas. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's perfect. Kindergarten teacher, hot mamas. My new single's called Kindergarten Teacher, Hot Mamas. <laughs> it's very serious. Oh, my God. That got me. Okay. That's great ridiculous. Job. High five. That was good. You're way better than me. 
Thank you. Yeah. I try. That's what I do all the time. You just like practice like just say complete words the sentence. And, yeah. Both Jekyll and Hyde. <sighs> okay. So we're going to get started. You are from Texas. Temple, Texas. Grew up in Temple, Texas. 30 minutes from me. I did. Right. Right down the road from Waco, Texas. But we didn't know each other. No. Crazy. We didn't. Because that's like almost the same city. It is. It's and I lived in Waco. Why? From uh, when I was like two to seven. What were you doing in old Waco? My dad was the manager of Southwestern Bell. And then we thought, hey, let's go up the road to Temple. Why did you think, hey, let's go up the road to Temple? My mom's family's from Temple. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So. so what was it growing up like? Girl, what was it like growing up in Temple? And is your family musical? Because when did you discover your musical talent? Yeah. I, uh, music was always kind of around. My mom played organ. My grandfather was a musician. Uh, I didn't know my grandfather. He passed away when I was really young. But. He just—he was the musician in the family, so heard stories, and uh, just always had music kind of around, and just always was drawn to it. Loved playing it. Didn't love learning it a lot, but I loved playing it. You picked and, up guitar uh, at fifteen. Mainly at fifteen, and started writing at the same time. And okay, so did writing just happen? Like, were you like, I want to be a songwriter? No, I, I just thought I want to play music. I didn't even know there was a difference between songwriter and singer. You know, I just thought you wrote your songs. You know, true. Yeah, because probably all the people that which you... most people think. I think most people think that yeah. these days still that everybody writes their own songs, which a lot of them do. Did you always know you wanted to be an artist? Yeah. Okay. That was what was confusing. I, I, I've. So I had a I was writing songs for a publishing company. Well, how old were you? For like four years. I, I I moved up here when I was twenty. Went to finished up school here at so Middle Tennessee. So you moved up here because you were ready to get into the industry. Yeah. You're like peace out that, Texas. Smell you later. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that I wasn't rich enough to go to Belmont, which <laughs> is a really good school if you can afford it. Go, um, but found out about Middle Tennessee, which has a great recording industry program. You just have to drive thirty minutes more. Which okay. is which is research because you're listening to music all the time. But okay. did that in between parking cars and working at Starbucks and going to school and interning for free and all this and that. Which is which is I'd do it all again. Um, I'd maybe really park great. a couple cars I wouldn't park against. They just smelled terrible. Oh, God. I bet you learn a lot about people from parking cars. It's interesting. You, like, what you are step some crazy things world. that you saw in people's cars that you wish you wouldn't have seen? Uh, the scariest thing is like people show up completely wasted and you're like, you should not even be able to live here. Right. It's terrible. And do people. they drive the car off? Uh, I usually would pass the keys off to the club and be like, you served them. Like, I'm not giving it to them. Yeah. This is on you. But um, that would be a whole other thing. But uh, I know, right? Um, but, start, you know, wrote songs because the blueprint, I was just taught the blueprint is if you are a singer and you can write then someone will probably invest in you writing first-ish. How did you know Before you get that? the record deal. Just friends that had For, been in town. When you town. got to Nashville, you figured that out. Uh, did you know intern, about publishing deals? I had an in, uh, or I had a uh, just a mentor named Brian Gowan who had a record deal on Curb, had writing deals, went to school. His wife uh, at the time, Shannon, she was like Scott Prechetta's assistant at DreamWorks. So she'd like seen a lot of Nashville work, and Brian okay. had too, and they were like, go to Nashville, you'll at least have two and a half years if you finish up your degree there in music business. You get internships and just meet everybody and they know you exist. And you have a reason for being there. Because you're in school. Yeah. A, a specific reason for being there. And learning somewhat about it. Knowing that a publishing company doesn't sell books. True you that. Know, a music publishing company, you, you write songs. So I wrote songs for four years at a company. Recording records, recording but music. We have to back up though, because it's yeah. kind of hard to get a publishing deal. So the it fact is. that you it moved sounds to town, like I'm like it was so easy. But the fact that you moved to town and got a publishing deal. Well, like, I moved to town, and then three and a half, four years later, I got a publishing deal. Okay, so you just started networking and all yep. that. Yeah. Okay, so you wrote. Songs. Graduated, went and worked at Starbucks, um, which was great. Cause What's your I'm, favorite I'm, drink at Starbucks? Uh, I don't know. They're all pretty good. Did you drink one every day? I always, yeah, I, I, I learned that a soy milk latte with two pumps of vanilla isn't as much sugar since I'm a juvenile diabetic. I usually do like one pump sugar. Oh, yeah. And I didn't want the fake stuff because I'm not really sure what it's made out of. I know. I agree. It's like better to go sugar, but or low, something. low dose. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, it was good to work there. Best thing, health insurance for my juvenile diabetes. And... Uh, and it gave me time to write. I had I had signed a publishing deal about a year and a, a year after I graduated college. Uh, wrote and wrote and wrote and just wrote and wrote and wrote and played shows and wrote and wrote and uh, mainly played writer shows. So 
played my songs I was writing with other artists. I'm sure we played shows way back then together. We played some shows when yeah. you were signed, though. Yes. And uh, and then wrote all these songs. And I wrote Barefoot and wrote Even Breaks Your Heart. In that time period? Even If It Breaks Your Heart? Yeah. And then, you wrote and that then, in that time period? Yeah. And then, uh, Barefoot, then, I, Blue then I got a record deal. So... So and you had that in I your got catalog a record already? deal, and then Barefoot came out two months later. So when I went on radio tour to meet everybody as a, as an artist, not as a songwriter, as a songwriter and an artist, it was like every interview was so you're a singer or you're a songwriter. Why do you want to be a, a singer? And you're like, and I've like, always been a singer. I just happened to write a song that got yeah. cut. And I actually had a record deal before I had any songs recorded. But the timing was just the like... The timing was two months off. It was flipped. Isn't that weird how that happens? Okay, it's so all good, though. I actually have a question. It was frustrating at the beginning, and now I realize I have like five hits to play every... Or at least five number ones to play every night. Okay, so I want to go through your number ones, because you have... Okay, Friday it's not Night... It's like I'm bragging. It's no. Just, it's just like it's kind of wild. It's just... You it's have your own number one, Friday Night Light. Friday Night Friday Night. Friday, Friday Night, night <laughs> Lights, too. It's about that, too. <laughs> and Lady Antebellum cut that song. They did. It was on the Own the Night album. Never put it out as a single. Yeah. So then you said... That's a hit. Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll put it out. And it was a number one for yeah. you. How did that feel? Because had you already had Barefoot Blue Jean Knight as a, as a songwriter, not an artist? How many songs have you had as a songwriter? I had had three number ones as a songwriter. I had three number ones hit in one year. Tell me what they were. Barefoot Blue Jean Knight, Even If It Breaks Your Heart, and Angel Eyes With Love and Theft. And, and Even It was If It Breaks Your Heart like, was Eli Young Band. Yes. And what was so wild, all these, it's not like it all happened in that one year. It had happened in at least so many years before it. They just somehow just piled up and, and just perfect timing. And I don't know if one barefoot g being a hit decided the other ones to be released of like, well, you know, Eric wrote Eric's that song. Eric's on fire. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it could have been that. I, and grateful that there's songs that I, I, I enjoy, you know. So that all happened when you released Friday Night? Uh, right. No, no, no. I had a single out called Never Really Wanted, my first I single I never out. really wanted. Yeah. Never really wanted that. I love that yeah. song. That was a great song. Um, I loved it. So that was your first single. Yeah, sacrificial single. Sacrificial. <laughs> yeah, most everyone's first single is a sacrificial single because they don't know you yet. Typically. So it's just kind of like breaking you in, and it's all right. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. This you music... gotta you gotta get rid of your, one of your best songs first, and someone might hear it. Right, but did that open the doors? And that's for just you? part of it. Um, uh, the doors already open. I just you know, Walked usually it, it takes a while for somebody to pass you the guitar at the party. Okay, you so, got to show up a few times. So, do you feel like your Typically. sacrificial singer single and your hits for other people mixed with you? Going, it was Barrett was um, Friday night second. Is that your second single? Uh, fish don't bite was second. If the oh. fish don't bite. Okay. And it was between labels merging, and it just all kind of got lost in the shuffle. Which is an interesting. <laughs> Which thing it's never that you been released. Up. Like it was that actual single, and I have fans always ask for it, and I'm like, I have no clue how you can buy it. And so it's it was so never weird even released. It's like. It was released, but nobody can buy it. It's kind of weird. Huh. That's an interesting way to release a song. Yeah. Isn't it interesting, the whole label <laughs> process? We've talked about it a little bit, because it's an amazing thing to be a part of a label. Absolutely. But it's also a giant ship. And you wrote that song, Even If It Breaks Your Heart, which I think is interesting, because the music industry can break your heart. Was that based on a true story, or how did uh, that come about? Well, we, you, you grew up in Texas. So Austin, down on 6th Street, there's a bunch of clubs. Mm-hmm. And all that, and wrote the song with Will Hogue. Love him. And uh, he had just—he was in like a really bad accident. Like he was on a moped driving, in a van like ran over him. Like I he should have died. Yes. And I remember he showed up on. We wrote one song called "Highway Wings." On my highway wings, and uh, that he recorded. Uh, but he was like on walkers, and then the next time we wrote "Even It Breaks Your Heart," and he was like on a just on a cane. And like now I see him, and I totally forget that he was like shouldn't be walking ever. Um, so props to you, Mr. Will Hogue, for yeah. freaking being tough as can be. He wanted but to. But he put that he put that song out on like AAA radio, which is very much country now. And uh Eli Young Band loved it. And I always told Mike Eli, they had the song for two years on hold. Like they hadn't they they were getting moved around on record deals of where do we put these guys? Mm -hmm. And uh they had Crazy Girl hit, which I'm so grateful for that, because then they were allowed to sing a song about dreaming. Like who, nobody was singing songs about dreaming. Right. Ra rarely are anybody singing songs about dreaming and actually getting heard. And uh, but I was told, I was like, if y'all don't cut this thing, it's going on my album. 
and hopefully a, a single. And but I just you know we kept our word and let them do it, and they did a great job and got it heard. You know. So what does that song mean to you? Even if it breaks your heart, keep on dreaming. Um, even if it breaks your heart. Sorry, I told you the story and not the. I meaning. like the story, but tell uh, me what it means to you. I uh, I actually heard the story, uh, and I'm I'm pr- I'm probably pretty sure he's okay with me telling the story, but. Marla Cannon Goodman, uh, great writer. She's amazing. Uh, but her dad's Buddy Cannon, great okay. producer in town. And, I love uh, Buddy Cannon. He does Kenny Chesney. Yeah, he, writes, he produces Kenny Chesney and all kinds of great music. Donnie and Marie, I got a cut on that album. I have Thanks. her single right now. Do you really? Yeah, dog. Bam. <laughs> Way to love go. That. Yeah. She's nice. She's awesome. They're I'm interviewing performers. her. Do it. Yeah. I'm She's going to be holding this mic. Yes. <laughs> Marie, he gave you a little kiss. That's yeah, that wasn't creepy. You're awesome. <laughs> um, uh, but she, I remember, Mar- I rem- remember Marla telling me the story that uh, the day that she told her dad, because she was a nurse, and she was like, "Dad, I'm going to be a professional songwriter. I'm going to do it." And and he said, "Okay." He was like, "But I'll just tell you that this business can break your heart every day." And that, that stuck with, and that, that was probably around the time that we wrote, even if it breaks your heart, keep on dreaming, even if it breaks your heart. And that was the point, I think, of what he was saying was, hey, this, this business can break your heart every day because you, you have so little control over what people decide will be heard. And that's the thing. There's a crew of people that make those decisions that maybe people don't realize, like the public doesn't realize. I don't even know who that crew is, but <laughs> um, some, somehow, somewhere... You can only like what you're given, mm-hmm. and uh, but um, that was very deep. That was but, I almost um, don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm sure that's where it came from, and and you know we were just riding, and and it is interesting. Like on you know certain times when you get to little speed bumps in the road, I, I go like, man, maybe I wrote that song for for me too. Sometimes you know you go like, that's not really breaking my heart, but you you can get disappointed going like, yeah, that's a bummer. Wish the politics would have lined up on that. Um, which is okay. And it's, it's such a cool thing though. It's like, uh, to be able to write. And the fact that I, I, anytime a song is heard, I call it a million miracles. That's a good point. Cause it really is wild. Like it's famous cause it was played a lot. Right. There's it got the chance thing, to be played. There's a weird thing. Like when a song gets played a lot on radio, it's because it got played a lot on radio. You're not really sure why it did or didn't. Because right. you hear great songs, and for some reason, they didn't get heard. And and then you hear other songs, and you're like, well, that's a cool song. But why did that one get and heard, even, and this And one even didn't? the artist would be like, yeah, it's not my favorite, but... but Who cares? It worked. But it worked. And it's and it's that weird thing of like a million miracles that any of them get heard. Even though something has to be heard, it's, it's kind of a catch-22. But the fact that so many people have to forget to say no is... is it's a million miracles that anything ever gets heard. It really is. You know. So you... Which is... That's why I'm so grateful that I get songs... That songs have been heard that I've been Well, the of. fact that you've had five number ones. That's crazy. The fact that you have written five songs five that have been heard. Five million miracles. You've had five million miracles. Yeah. And you are a <laughs> songwriter. And I told you this last night because we were at Beyonce. Yeah. Which, by the way, you met Beyonce I met Beyonce and Jay-Z. And Jay-Z. I didn't even selfie with them because I'm trying to be oh. cool. I cannot even believe that way. You the next time selfie. they see me, I'll garm them then. And Beyonce was in her sweatpants. Yeah, looking like a million. She's rocking, like totally <sighs> cool. Uh, Blue's their daughter, right? Is that their daughter's Blue name? Blue Ivy. Blue, Blue Ivy. You met Blue too. So she was back there. You met so, the whole family. It's so funny. She looked at she looked at me and Natalie, my wife, and she she was like she was like <laughs> with her eyes, like I see you, like I'm watching you. It was awesome. <laughs> You met like, the whole family. Yeah. Did That's you really feel? Cool. Did you feel normal? Was it like a weird feeling? Or you did know, they it's just like wild. I think the the more you're around entertain entertainers, music like celebrities are like we're people. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, anybody in an audience could be. The, I'm not saying anybody could be that because they haven't put themselves out there or for, for some reason. It just didn't line up or whatever that is. We all have our role in this world, and it's not to be famous. Mm-hmm. For some reason, some people are. It's right. a side effect of hard work and whatever that is. Passion and talent. Yeah. and uh, But that doesn't mean you're the most important person in the world. Right. Like we all are. I but agree with ki- that. But kids are taught to be famous through all of TV right now, for through everything. I know, social that media. Like that means like 99.99% of everyone will fail at life, which is a complete lie. <laughs> but... um. 
but uh, you, what I was saying before I right, we just on go that, down tangents. It's yeah. okay though because we bring it back. You have a gift for writing songs that impact people. Like you wrote, even well, if it you. breaks your heart, which is such an impactful song. And then you wrote, she don't love you. Yeah. which is one of my favorite songs nominated for song of the year. You wrote that with Jen Wayne, my former bandmate. And that song was such an impactful song. So gorgeous. You also wrote this song deep as it is wide that yeah. I freaking love that song. And we're all whole. What's that song? Whole? Less, less than, than whole. whole. Oh yeah. my God. But I'm going to put that song out someday. Less gonna, than whole. Yeah. We, and I was instilling it. my band. You, you played that Don't song. Don't tell anybody. You should at a writer's round. Can, can you just sing a little bit of it? Yeah, there's nothing like forgiveness to resurrect a soul. Better to give than get it. I've been forgiven, so I'm letting you know. Nobody should be less than whole. It's higher than that. I love. Oh, and it's like. But, uh, I love the verse of the, the gray clouds have departed. The, the stars light up the night. I've waded through the water. It's just a beautiful song. Wrote it with uh, uh, Big Kenny from Big and Rich. It was the first song we ever wrote. And you get really yeah. high, yeah. then whole. We figured it's like the forgiveness song, but we figured Don Henley already got that title. <laughs> and then I realized like every title's been rewritten like eight times this year, so I, we should just call it forgiveness. But but uh, less than oh, so you got a mosquito less trying to whole. eat your face. Thank you. Less than whole. That that nobody message, should be less than whole. That yeah. is the message that people need to hear. You have a way of writing songs that speak messages that people need to hear. Well, thank you. I'm trying to help them hear them. How do you do that? Like, where do, how do you do that? It is. Is it a, you consider it a God-given gift? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's what I've, I've, I've been talking to a lot of people about having juvenile diabetes. And, How's that affected um, you? I think how it's affected me is I'm, I'm not afraid to, to be an outsider, kind of. Okay, explain that. Um, it's kind of given me guts to not worry about what people think about what I think. How, have you been? Have you felt like an outsider because of juvenile diabetes? Uh, you know, as a kid, you're you're like the one kid that has to stand up and go. I got to go to the nurse. You know, they go get juice box and and uh, crackers because if you have a blood blood sugar level. So I'm I'm like realizing through life, it's probably allowed me to like have the guts to do this for a living. Like to just so be like, yourself. Like being a professional songwriter, professional singer is not normal. No, you know, and but I wasn't afraid of it, and I've never had a doubt that it wouldn't work. I mean, I know that the odds aren't good, but I never doubted in myself that it wouldn't work. Like I was like, and I also trust in God that that wherever I'm at is where I'm supposed to be. Totally, as long as you look at it with the right heart, you know. But um, uh, but I I think, you know, when it comes to the songs that I decide to put out. Um, and the songs that I decide to record, I, I, they're not always the easiest to promote. Not always the easy. They're not always exactly what everybody expects. Well, radio. Let's give a little preference. Preference. Preface. Radio likes, especially when you're a newer artist, you're not like a superstar level yet. Radio likes it to be an easy pitch. Well, cons- I mean, we're also an escape. So I mean, it's not not every song's meant to change the world. I'm, I'm glad I'm grateful not every song is less than whole or deep as it is wide or she don't love you. It'd be a very like deep bummer world. <laughs> I mean, I think it'd help people look up to heaven once in a while, but um, other than just looking a glass. Have you, okay, but, um, you just wrote a song right there. There you go. No, seriously. There you go. Write it. Look up to heaven, not looking a glass. You should go write well, that. We could write that. We'll go. We'll go, we'll go talk to Michael and we'll go write it. <laughs> Y'all, but, you and um, Michael go write it. But um. You know, and that's where I always and, and being a juvenile diabetes, I, I can't really like tell people to go drink liquor. I can, I I enjoy a good beverage. Like I I don't say I don't drink, but I don't I can't promote it because, well, and I don't promote it. I don't want. I'd rather a juvenile diabetic live past thirty, and like actually have a long life and and still enjoy a beer and enjoy a whiskey, but not like forget the night. Right. Every time someone that's twenty years twenty one comes to the show, and it's like. Have a blast, but remember it. Right. I think so many people, like, you get caught up and you get caught up in what you're supposed to, th- what you think you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and then you realize that you didn't even remember it. It's like, have fun on your 21st birthday, but, like, get a good buzz and remember it. Right. 
So have you always been pretty We're responsible? We're going all, all the down things. It's but, great, um, though. Have you always been pretty responsible with your diabetes? I think I was 10 years old when I was diagnosed, so I think... Uh, I'm just kind of looking back, just, you know, going... How it's affected you going, as a, it, a it human? It has affected me as a human. But, um, uh, but to get back to a, your question... But you had to grow up faster, too, because you a had... A little bit. You couldn't just... You had to think about what you were yeah, putting I mean, in I your body. Sure, yeah. Eat food, take take shots. Um, take shots. <laughs> shot, shot. Um, but uh, to get back to your question, yes. I, I think being able to write these songs is definitely a God-given talent. And uh, I try to use it for good. Um, but the fact that you, you, you know, you go into a room and like what I just said, we're just talking right now. And I just said, what did I say? Just look up to heaven as opposed to just looking in a glass, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, that's how those get written. You yeah. say it and then you go, you, what is that? And, well, you just uh, spit stuff out like that's that, That's how though. songs happen. That's just your regular vocabulary. Well, it's probably because I'm not afraid to say weird stuff. Yeah, because that's where the good stuff is. Yeah. But um, I but it's 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 just a cool, cool journey. It's cool being in Nashville long enough. Like meeting Beyonce and Jay Z, it was like it was cool meeting them as people. Yeah. And it was cool also going out in the crowd and watching Beyonce be freaking amazing. Like, like owning it and being powerful for women, and wearing what she wears. And to guys, it's probably sexual. Like maybe. But, like, she does it in such, like, a I'm a woman powerful. kind of way. It's powerful. It's not, like, slutty. When she's married. It was so and awesome. She's like, but regardless, she, yeah. it's done in such a cool, tasteful way that you're like, yeah. Own your sexuality cool. like that. It was it's cool. It's empowering. Because also, sorry, now we're going on another road. I feel like there is such a stigma with, like, sexuality and being sexual but that's a part of human nature, and she does it in such a way, like you said, that's just embracing yeah. it. And it's cool to see that. There's a certain balance. There is a Absolutely. certain balance. There is a balance. Absolutely. Beyonce has found that balance. Yeah. Okay, speaking of juvenile diabetes, how has that affected your life? You said it's made you okay to be, like, a little bit outside or yeah. whatever, not to be yourself. Like, how? what does that mean for your life? Like, how do you have to think about life with that? I can't be on Survivor. Why? Um, well, because you can't eat on that show, apparently. Oh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, one second can affect a life. I've just, I, I mean, I, anything can affect a life. I, I, I'm grateful I was born in a time that they have treatment for juvenile diabetes. And, uh, I mean, this thing here on my arm, I, like, what tells thing? me. Uh, oh, do you wear that all the time? Tells me a uh, reading of my blood sugar level. So, like, usually you'd prick your finger. This thing tells me one of those every five minutes on my phone. Oh. So, it's just amazing. So, like, it's, it's, it's moving along so cool. Like, just technology and research for juvenile diabetes is growing leaps and bounds right now. And uh, so, I always, if I ever, and I've never really been, like, angry that I had diabetes. I just kind of go, I have diabetes. It's fine. You it's know? just the way it I'm is. I'm grateful I was born in a time that I didn't eat just, like, Basically, back in the day, if, if you were diagnosed with juvenile diabetes, it was like, and the doctor came around every once a year or something. Mm-hmm. So I'd basically been like, eat lettuce and tomatoes, and you might live two years, maybe. So was the life expectancy really young back in the day? Uh, I mean, whenever you got juvenile diabetes, it wasn't good. Really? And it's not like it happens. Like, it just happens. But now, problem. It's, it's fine, right? I take care of it. Yeah, I have an insulin pump, have a meter. I'll have it my whole life until they cure it or whatever. But how amazing. It is amazing. But see, and there you go again with your attitude. You always take the positive attitude. Like, and I think that's how you have a happy life. You take the circumstances you've been dealt and then you just figure out how to make them great. And then know that the circumstances you have, you're at least aware that there are circumstances. That means you've seen good and bad. Exactly. So tell me about your journey in the music industry. Tell me if you were going to write a song about your journey in the music industry thus far, because you have experienced more than most people ever could imagine. Five number ones, major record deal. You've had your own number one as an artist. You've also had some songs that didn't do as well as you wanted them to do, but then you had She Don't Love You nominated for Song of the Year. You've had a really incredible career. It's just getting started. It is, but how would you describe your experience so far? If you were gonna write a song about it, like what would it, what would the, what would it be like? Still catching up, still catching up to the story I'm reading. Can you know, break that down. 
like I feel like the book's just starting and realizing that like I was on a plane someone someone told me that they heard that Blake Shelton the guy that's on the voice was like had put out an album finally and I'm like you know he's on the show cuz he's like an amazing country artist <laughs> he is they didn't know so I realized how long it can take people to figure out what you do and uh and it's hard to realize that because we all are in our own little worlds. So well, you're like, I mean, how does everyone you know, not know? And it's okay. You know, yeah. it's like, that's what Discovery's for, you know, the television. But um, uh, I don't, I, it's just, I, I feel like I'm just realizing what all these chapters are mounting up to be and go like, that's the character that I am. Okay, tell and me the chapters. even through life. Break, I want to I wanna have a little color. Tell me First about the chapters. First chapter is, you know, find a poem you wrote for a girl and you didn't give it to her and then someone said you know songs are like poems so you write your first song and then it's okay so these are cool new chords i've never learned this while you're sitting in at a you know wednesday nights at, at youth group figuring out how to play the guitar and faking the b minors because they're hard to play <laughs> the bar chords are hard to play <laughs> and then going you know what i thought i was gonna be a doctor but I think I'll be a musician because I just feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, come to Nashville, realize you're not supposed to go there yet because it's really expensive to go to certain schools. And I was born in the wrong family. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm grateful for that. I love my family. Um, <laughs> that's kind of my wild. We just like deals, you know. <laughs> but um, education's expensive these days. I know, right? Um, interesting thing. But um, that's a whole other hidden chapter. Mm-hmm. Don't tell anybody I said that. Okay. But, um, this silent vault. You know, go to the college thing, write songs like crazy, write songs like crazy, learn about everything, uh, somehow get a publishing deal, making coffee, um, parking cars, writing songs on the back of little valet tickets. Oh, wow. Which probably never even became songs, but at least gets ideas in a way that you figure out how these work and that it doesn't always have to be four lines as long as it sounds cool. Yeah. And uh, and it doesn't always even have to rhyme. It's good if it rhymes. Helps the children and drunk people. <laughs> and uh, Which is which good. Which is a lot of the audience. Which is me, too. <laughs> that's that's not me slamming on them. It's like, I love woos, you know? Yeah. And children and drunk people can sing woo Barefoot Blue Jean has people, some woos. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, and I think then, then there's the chapter where you go, where you, you're walking through the field of poppies and you see Oz, you're like, I'm here. I have a record deal. Oz is just right there. There's the radio tower. And how does that feel when you realize that you're in Oz? Do you even know you got to Oz until you just all of a sudden are in it? Yeah. You're just like, holy crap. And then you see behind the walls of Oz and you go, wow, I never thought that was there. And you go, dang, I didn't think it worked like this. Yeah. And then you go, well, how do I maneuver around these walls, you know, to yeah. where people can see what I want them to see in a good way. Because at and, that uh, point when you get to Oz, a lot of other yeah. people get involved in your creativity. Absolutely. Which is and a they, good. And they say, you should be made of this stuffing and you should be shined this way. And you go, I just want to go home and tell you the stories about where that was from. And you're but like, that doesn't uh, feel right. But then you're like, well, they might know better. Is there ever that point in your career? Yeah. People are right now are like, what the heck are they talking about? <laughs> but um, It makes sense to me. It'd be a little bit of, you know, and it's the chapter I'm in right now is going, I know what I am. Who and are I, you? To you, who I'm are you? I'm a storyteller that's trying to tell people good stuff. You're a storyteller. But I'm an entertainer, too, so I might not always just tell you deep stories. Not all stories have to be deep, Yeah, I but think they just I, have to be yours. It was a bummer. I think I upset a lot of my fans uh, through through doing high class, and I was like, I'm just here to entertain you. I just gave you, like, the deepest ballad I could have ever sung for you. Like, I'm just giving you a break from the heartbreak, you know? <laughs> and it's like, I'm just here to shake it. Don't you want to go dancing, darling? Maybe people want you to break their and, heart. And, uh, I'll break their heart again, <laughs> but it is, it is interesting. And, and, uh, just understanding, you know, you can't move too fast when you're dating somebody. And that's, that's the relationship between, uh, what we do as entertainers and our fans and, and make sure you don't tweak it, twerk it a little too much, you know, but, um, it's an interesting line to walk. Yeah. But it's, uh, 
So would you say in your discovery phase right now? Or putting it all together? Or? I'm realizing who I look up to. Who is that? Um, not realizing who I look up to. I'm realizing the people I look up to always stand up for what they believe in. Okay, give me some examples. You too. Honestly, Beyonce. Yeah. I totally look up to her. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Um, Tom Petty. He just doesn't put up with the BS. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got out of so many... It, it just he he did so many things to make sure the music he wanted wanted people to hear got heard, mm-hmm. or at least the music he wanted to make he made. Right. You don't know if it's going to get heard. Hopefully it does. Bruce Springsteen, storyteller, good dude, like not lazy. Mm-hmm. Paul McCartney, like to go through all that to be one of the coolest guys on the face of the planet, and not be like, don't you know who I think I am? Mm-hmm. You know, rock and roll royalty. Steven Tyler, just such a cool place of where he is in life. And it, and it's, I respect people like Johnny Cash. I never got to meet him. But I love his later albums because I realized that he'd gone through so much darkness and he only showed the light at the end. Wow. You know, and, and the fact that he even survived, you know, thank God, you know, he sent June to him. And that Johnny even listened to her. Mm-hmm. Made her pretty enough for him to listen. <laughs> I feel like you're and, writing uh, like a story right now. That's what I do. I just don't ever write them. Made her pretty enough to listen. Yeah. I mean, I feel like but, that's another um, song. It could be. <laughs> you never know. Maybe it'll show up again and we'll write it. <laughs> but um, So you like authentic, authentic people? Authentic. Um, I like authentic people. I only trust authentic I agree. I'll dance to unauthentic, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I want to like hang out at your house all the time. I get you. I feel you. I don't want to live in that universe of, you know, I still love entertainment, and I still love going to the magic show. And Why I do still you? like being the magician, you know, Why do pulling you not out a high class even when people don't expect it. Right. Why do you not want to live in that world of, on, of unauthenticness? Because we weren't sent down here to be fake our whole lives. We weren't supposed to wear masks. We weren't supposed to be only about me and myself and iPhone, you know. Um, so many people are caught up in themselves. I, I, I read a, a book and uh, it, the author interviewed this uh, a famous poet. and She was like in her 80s or 90s at the time. She said, if you could give us any advice, what would you give the world? Like, what would you tell us? And it wasn't a poem. It wasn't, you'd think it'd be like the, the most beautiful poem she ever heard. She said, uh, this is the advice I'd give. In your 20s and 30s, you're so concerned with what people think about you. Then in your 30s and 40s, you just don't care what people think about mm-hmm. you. And then in your 50s and 60s and 70s, you realize that everyone was just concerned about themselves. <laughs> they were so concerned about what people thought about them that they weren't even concerned about you. So if you can learn that in your 30s, you so really means, have a head start. That means... You have the freedom to be you. But you have to know that. But you have to know that. See, you know that young. And if you have friends that judge you, they're not your friends. Exactly. Don't hang out with that. Don't hang out with that. You have to be yourself. Move to another town if your friends are all like that. I agree. I totally uh, agree. You know, and I I think, you know, just, you know, people are so caught up in what they look like. It's like, you know. They're not thinking about There's so much more to life. I know. When did this click for you? When did you get this understanding of the world? After a few songs didn't work. <laughs> it's kind of, I feel like, God, do you think God does that to us sometimes? Absolutely. A book found, books found me. I, I don't read, and I somehow read like two books in a month. What and books? They were, one was called David and Goliath, Malcolm Gladwell. Very cool. And another song was called Big, another Ma- book. Big Magic. <gasps> Big Magic changed my life. Pretty cool, right? Did you love that book? Yeah, that's where the story was from the poet. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I, I think. I love that book. Yeah. Big Magic, the way she describes creativity and all of that. Very cool. Incredible. You're very wise. How old are you? You're like barely 30. I'm only 18. I'm kidding. I'm 33. <laughs> I'm 33. Bam. We're twins. See? Hey. I should have gone to public school. And I did. Go. I didn't learn anything. I don't really retain any knowledge. Me neither. But I'm street smart. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. I just feel like you have a message to tell the world. Like, I really do. I don't, you feel that. I know you feel that. 
What do you? What is the message you're trying to tell people? God loves you. It's not just about you. And some days it is. But it's, he's it's using so you much, well, to help the world. It's so much about everyone. Everyone is as important as everybody, which it's hard to see that. But know? it's not. Well, if, if you see people lost in life, you could go like, well, they don't matter as much. Or if you see, which is wild, you look at some celebrities and you go like, dear Lord, please, if I have children, don't grow up to be that. Except you stick them on pedestals because it's entertaining, mm -hmm. you know. But I, I mean, the biggest thing, you know, we're all loved beyond belief. And like, we're all important. Yes. We're all here all for important. a reason. And it's hard when, uh, it's hard when like, you know, I have like songs on the radio and you've done really well. And it's like, it's hard for people to go like, yeah, sure. You don't do this job every day. It's like every job, as it said, comes with a crap sandwich. Called it something else. <laughs> and you have to love what you do enough to understand that I, I kind of want to eat that crap sandwich. Even though, you know, not everything is like, you know, the rain causes stuff to grow. You don't have you to be upset the at the rain. It's okay. Gosh, you are a, and, you're uh, a prophet. You're a philosopher. <laughs> well, whatever. But um, but also I'm just I'm just talking what I was influenced through records that I love, you know. But also I do say people can say it's easy because you don't understand because you don't have the job I have. But you also no one handed you this on a silver platter. You worked your no, butt I had off. A bunch of random jobs. But you worked your butt off to get here, and so I do believe that if you want this, like you said, anyone could go out there and be Beyonce. Within circumstances, obviously, no one could go out right. there and be Beyonce. No, no, right? That's not what I meant. I said, that, but you know what I'm saying. Like, we're if not any, all supposed to be Beyonce. Beyonce is supposed to be Beyonce. But we're supposed to be yeah. what we feel in our heart. And yeah. if you commit to it enough to follow that, you can end up being Beyonce in your own way. Yeah. If right? everyone was Beyonce, we'd some of us would be thirsty. Actually, if we were all anyway, because <laughs> there'd be no guy serving drinks, like I did, you know. <laughs> It's all phases of life, you know, and, and it's uh, it just really is a cool thing uh, getting to go. Just I mean, just the fact that we live in a country where last night there was a stadium full of people watching a show um, and getting to enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Just getting to enjoy songs that could say anything. Right. Anything. Right. Um, I mean, it might upset you or it might not, which I don't think anything would have upset you last night. But um, uh, it's uh, it's really cool just to be on a journey that somehow I've been blessed to actually live the dream that I dreamt, you know. Right. And uh, and also know that, you know, it's, it's it takes a while to push a heavy rock uphill, but it means it'll roll for a while. And it might roll back you know? and like roll over your toe and every if now I, and then. If I wanted to make my career out of plastic, it'd be a lot easier to push that boulder up the hill, but it won't go that long. All right. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at as an artist and a writer and just as a man going, you know what? This is what I love. This is what I believe in. And this is the music I'm going to bring you. And, and sometimes I might just entertain you. But it's still music that you want to bring you. Yeah. It's still you. Yeah. It's still from your heart. Absolutely. Or from my dancing shoes. Which you do have some moves. <laughs> you really do. You, you really know. do have some moves. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Okay. So tell me about this new album. Dressed in Black. Ooh. La, la. There's references to Dressed in Black all over the album. And, uh, and it, you know, the deep thoughts is, the, the, I mean, just the surface value is there's so many cool, big uh, moments in life that you're dressed in black from a graduation to getting married to when you a black hearse, you know, wow. and, uh, and there's so many influential people from, you know, Lou Gehrig. Look, uh, today I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth, you know, um, was wearing black pinstripes. But did you know? Lou Gehrig say that? Mm -hmm. He said, I felt, consider myself one of the luckiest men on the face of the earth. Yeah. Even though he had Luke, he yeah. has ALS and Lou Gehrig's disease. Absolutely. That was the day that he So he was able to baseball. say positive through everything. Yeah. And that's how we start the song off. And from that to a bottle of Jack, the black label, to a Ramones t-shirt, so much attitude, to Dell Earnhardt driving a black number three car, to Johnny Cash, the man in black. Dang. And uh, to, you know, wedding bills and it's it just uh it's just kind of a big spectrum i think kind of of 
looking down on the on the on the whole movie happening as opposed to just right at the jukebox and uh um, just thought it was a cool title for the for the song for what the album. What a cool breakdown of yeah. that! And also the deeper underlying thought is if you know you're surrounded in light, you're dressed in black because you're just a shadow in it. You know. Oh wow! And uh, that's other deep thought. That's kind of my just, spiritual side. You are just you are really deep. Are you very connected to your spiritual side all the time? Um, are you aware that you I'm are here grateful, for calling? I'm grateful that God allowed me to know Him. How did you learn to, how did, how were you, how did you meet God? Um, just through people in my life that I saw that they were, they had something I didn't. And I said, what is that? That's worth living for. And uh, just grateful that God let me know who he was. Did you have a specific moment where it clicked and you're like, oh, I, I get it. I feel it. Never. It never, it just... Uh, no, you, you have that moment where you go, you know, I know Jesus died for me and here, here, here I am and he was always here to begin with. Yeah. You just have to go... I see you. I just, I'm reaching for you. It's not that. like I've ever felt a hand on my shoulder or <clears throat> angels, you know, on the hood of my car or anything like that. It's uh, Billy Graham said... Um, I can't see the wind, but I can see the effects of the wind. Mm. And uh, it's just pieces of proof. Okay, so you've experienced real life stuff. Absolutely. Love that. Okay, speaking of angels, let's talk about angels. Angels, You're angels. in this town. Yeah. We were talking uh, on a writer's retreat, Mr. Corey Crowder and uh, Eric Dillon. We were just telling those stories where make your hair stand on end of the miraculous stuff. Speaking of sometimes people do see miraculous things happen that I think are God, God sins. And, you know, people can get upset. It's like, well, why didn't God send a miracle this time? You know, like when someone was sick and I don't have that answer. I, but I know that the fact that he sends any is one miracle is one more than he should have ever sent, you know, um, in a way, mm-hmm. which is, that's a deeper thought. No, but, I like um, but just telling those stories and, Corey had great music, and that's what fell out, you know. So, what's tell me about what that song is, "Angels in This Town," because that's your single right now. Yeah, it's just about the fact that there's the unseen that we don't see. Like, there's so much, there's so so much amazing things going on on around us that we don't see, and it's probably good we can't. But also, you never know the 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 story that. I think started the whole song. I'd, I'd heard a story once where a girl went went down the street a few blocks to a friend's party, birthday party type thing, high school kid, I think. Um, w- went to walk home. Like the parents were like, we'll drive here, whatever. Walked home, nice neighborhood where it's like the alley with the garages on both sides. Mm-hmm. A guy was standing back there and she just was like, Lord, please protect me. Like she just knew something wasn't right. Like, Father, please protect me, please protect me. And just walked right by him, got home, went to bed. Next morning, woke up to police everywhere. A girl had been murdered in, the, in that same alley that night. They caught the guy, and it was the same guy that she saw wow. that walked past. And just to get into the guy's head, the murderer's head, like they're like, "Well, why didn't why didn't you pick this girl?" And he said, "I'm not going to pick a girl with two giant guys walking with her." Oh wow. So it's, it's gonna be chills. so many th- times, what can we not see that God actually is protecting us? Right. Um, if you ask. I love that. And that doesn't mean it's always in the plan. But um, but uh, that's kind of where it started and just those miraculous stories. There's angels stories. in every town. Yeah. And the cool thing is, just a cool thing for me to do. It's like I'm, I'm sitting on a bus or in, in a hotel or wherever it is that we're waiting to play a show it's like, you know what? We never see towns we go to. So I always try to do that to begin with. But I was like, there's so many great people in this town. And it's God sends miracles. I believe in miracles. But I also believe that he has us to, to do miracles in each other's lives. Like okay. one little thing down the road we do for someone might have been something they've been praying for for years. 
Totally. And we don't know that. It was like nothing to us to go help them change their tires. But that was a miracle for them. You know, like here's 200 bucks to give you new tires. And that could have know? been the thing and, that or changed whatever their destiny. Is. Yeah. And, uh, and it's not even buying stuff. It's just helping people. But um, but we get to go, like, I mean, from police departments and fire departments, Boys and Girls Club, Habitat for Humanity Builds. Um, I always feel guilty when we go to Habitat for Humanity and they're like donating their house. I'm like, I need to, I want to build. I want to help you, <laughs> you know, but it's such a cool moment to see a family get a house that they've worked so hard for and a community come together to do So you're that kind of them. starting a thing, Angels yeah, in This yeah, Town? Yeah, we call them Angel Visits and it's just and easy. Go, well, I, because I believe there are angels in, in this town and in every town that help the community they're in and, and they they create miracles. And that's you what know? you're doing. When you go to towns yeah. and you provide angel visits. Yeah, almost every... Uh, at least one or two times a weekend as long as people are cool with us showing up. Eric, yeah. how has that enriched your life? It's been awesome. Getting to meet all kinds of kids and, and just cool people in communities that aren't afraid to step out and just do good, you know? Not really, I mean, most of them are just in the background, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though they're probably the guy that framed the whole house or or have worked at the Boys and Girls Club for 35 years. and That's you know, awesome. So it's just kind of, it's cool to be a part of that community and just encourage people, thank them for doing good, not yeah. thank them for like being ridiculous. I know, focus you know, on the positive. Yeah, focus on the positive, even though that's not what the news is about. But I, I know, but you're going to change that story. Oh, I'll at least tell the story. You'll do your part. So tell me a little bit more about the rest of the album. Like what's the vibe of it? Um, it's just good stories. Uh, you are a called, true storyteller. But it's but it's good music too. Mm-hmm. The, you know, like it, you can listen to the to the lines or just listen to the music, and I love both of it. Um, there's just fun, happy songs and and some deep, thoughtful songs that I think are more are almost all of them are ho- more hopeful than sad. I love that. And uh, because if you get to hear a sad story, maybe you won't go there. You know. That's true. If it's not your own autobiography. Maybe that's enough just to make you, and, uh, you go in a different direction. But just cool moments and things that we captured in the studio that were just like, wow, that was cool. Like, thanks for letting that fall out of the sky. Um, that's cool. But uh, I'm just, I'm really just looking forward to people getting to hear the album and figuring out when that'll come out and oh. what way it'll come out. Do you have a and, song uh, that you like the most on the album? Um, it's, I, I mean, I've written 1,300 and something songs and I've only had oh one God. album out. So. <laughs> so they're all your kids. Yeah, I mean, they're all, ah, they're not my kids because they're not my kids. But um, you got to learn how to love them right without it disappointing you. And uh, Like don't have expectations have, for yeah, them? Yeah, like with songs because I don't have control over that. And I, even if I have kids someday, I don't have control over how they decide I can encourage them to hopefully do good. But I think parents take it out on themselves too much about what their kids do. And it's like your kids still had to make the decision. It wasn't your decision to make. So you That's said a you, whole other deep You have thought. to learn how to love them the right way. So how do you love a song the right way? When you write a song and you love it, but then maybe no one the label hears it or it never really gets the life it was meant yeah. to have, how do, even what do you do? If, even if you raise and feed a bird, you can't tell it where to fly, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you hopefully believe that it's supposed to go where it's supposed to go and people get to see it and enjoy it. Um, but there's a certain point where you just have to open the cage and do with this what you will, you know? Yeah. Like love it or shoot it, you know? Yeah. Um, unless it's really good to eat, but, um, (laughs) I'm writing all kinds of songs, but, um, you really are, but it's, uh, you know, I, I love them all. It's that thing. It's like, there's. It, life's not the same heartbeat. So it's like there's there's fun songs and there's sassy songs and there's dancing songs and there's storytelling songs and, you know... Well, you're not at all the, the end same of my person. Life, there's a lot of sides to you. Well, there's a lot of sides to everybody. Exactly. You know? We might all wear the, you know, the same face every day, but we're not always happy. Yeah. We're not always sad. We're not always... Everyone's you know, dimensional. Yeah. And that's... That's the albums I like making, even though it confuses people because it's like, what artist are you? I'm like, I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. I write stories. I write melodies. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to bring you the exact same song because I'd rather show you more than just a white rabbit out of a hat every time. Mm-hmm. I might put brown hairs on him this time and freak <laughs> you out. God forbid. Or what if you put on a rat? You could. It'd yeah. really make him dance. <laughs> and then let him go in the audience. No, but it's... Uh, and that's, you know, and, and I've I've made that decision just because that's how I like being entertained. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and and I'm not sure if listeners have necessarily, well, they have. Um, deep thoughts, deep but thoughts. but you know, it's it's we so like going. Well, we need to go to Walmart, or we need to go to McDonald's, or we need to go to Taco Bell, which I love all those places. <laughs> it's very simple. Um, but I'd rather not make albums of just one thing, mm-hmm. um, which country music is not one thing. No. If you listen through the history of country music, it's about the human soul and just about being alive and that it's not always easy. It and never that, is e- always you know, easy. And that, uh, that it's, uh, a cool journey and that, and that you admire the people that came before you, even if. They might not have believed in what you believe, but but they at least had the right heart for what they did. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's just uh, grateful to be a part of country music and just the fact that we can tell stories about our lives. And if it wasn't our lives, at least it could be somebody else's. And you can and affect the world. You might. You have. You know? Well, thank you. Okay, so we have to wrap up, which I don't want to. Have I covered everything? I think I have, dear Lord. I mean, we have we could just talk forever, but one then... more thing. Okay, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> I don't have anything. I think I I, I think I so, to, said as many songwriter lines as I could possibly confuse everybody with. If you okay, I have two more questions. Then we're gonna wrap up. Where, if it was up to you, and I know you live on faith, and I know you trust your journey, but if you could play your life out, what would the next ten years look like for you? Doing the same thing I'm doing. And maybe not play, or, or, and, and you know, doing what I'm doing, but also scheduling time because it's, you, you can't make more time. And uh, to where I'm a part of Nashville more, because I was a part of Nashville for so long. And then you go out on the road, and you know, this probably just through your husband and you being on the road, and, uh, um, you know, making sure that you're wise with your time. And that's for everybody to go. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't see a benefit in that for me in the long term. Mm-hmm. It might solve a problem right now in, right. You, in your small world of, but if we do this, we can do this. And I go, you know what? I'm okay. Yeah. They'll understand why I said no. Because I'm going to be home on Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, just uh, the next 10 years, making great songs songs I believe in, impacting the world for good, uh, telling kids it's cool to do good, not to be a ridiculous celebrity. Like, if you want to be a celebrity, go do great stuff. I'll I'll make you a celebrity all day long. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a celebrity and go do things that are not good for the soul, don't sign me up. I won't be at that party. Love that. Um, But I'll still show up to parties with people that have done that, and maybe it'll help them influence them for better. Right. You know, we're all, I, I, you know, I sound like I'm judging people. I haven't said no, anybody's name, but people we're just all, haven't, we're all searching for what we're supposed to be living for, you know, and we're all on a different path. And sometimes yeah. people just don't have the awareness that there is a sole purpose. It's hard living in a house of mirrors, you know? Right. Um, I need to take all these mirrors down. <laughs> <laughs> There's no mirrors in this house. I don't think there are. <laughs> I probably should get one once in a while. <laughs> Okay, so I like to wrap up with leave your light. So leave me inspiration. Just, I mean, this whole thing has been an inspiring podcast, but just leave your inspiration from it all, what you want to leave to people. Be who you are. Not jaded. Not lonely. Not thinking you're unloved. Um, But knowing that there's a bigger, bigger love out there for everybody. And, uh, the more you sit still and unafraid to reach out, unafraid of what people think about you, I think the more fulfilled you'll be in life and the more you'll understand what road you're actually supposed to be walking down as opposed to the line that, there, that we're all taught to be standing in, waiting for that thing to happen. It's like, I think everybody's taught, you know, go to school, get a job you hate for 30 years, and then you'll get to retire with something you love. I figure why not just do what you love every day. Amen to that. You know, 
and thank you to all those people who are freaking working hard for their families too yeah and with that drop the mic Eric Passway in the house thanks Eric deep I hope you loved hearing from Eric Pasley. He's absolutely incredible. Next week is super exciting because I have Kale Dodds joining me. He is the newest artist to be signed to Warner Brothers record label. He has so much to talk about. He is so high energy. He's so talented. He also co-wrote Drunk Dial for my husband, A Thousand Horses Band. That was a single last year. He is up and coming and so much fun. So y'all get excited for next week. We have Kale Dodds and make sure you subscribe on iTunes.